Welcome, welcome to the Cube Command Podcast. I am your host, Tommy Savoya, and it has been a while since uh, we had one of these. The last time was when I did an interview with Todd Cochran, uh, who is the CEO of Raw Voice and the host of Geek News Central and the new media show. And uh, you can go ahead and check that one out. He was nice enough to agree to do the interview with me where we discuss the history, present, and future of the industry of podcasting. That is called Interview with Todd Cochran, the story of podcasting on CubeCommand.com. So a lot has happened since uh, I last covered uh, gaming news, actually. Uh, The last episode I did on gaming news was on Sonic Forces Tag Team and Pre-Orders. And that was, oh man, that was all the way in September. And since then we've had a lot of uh, news and releases in the industry that I haven't covered. Um, So we're going to jump into some recent news with the Nintendo Labo. The Nintendo Labo is a game that comes with cardboard to make into peripherals that can be attached to the Switch in many different ways. Uh, this is Nintendo Switch only, so uh, no, sorry 3DS owners, you don't get any of this, uh, this cardboard action. Uh, the entire point of the Nintendo Labo is that the peripherals are made entirely out of cardboard. Um, of course, there's other uh, th- factors that are used in it, such as rubber bands and string, um, but the main point of it is that they made cardboard peripherals that are used for this game. Now, okay, let me let me put this into perspective. Do you remember the 3DS game AR games that came uh, pre-installed on the 3DS, um, the original 3DS, all the way up until I believe uh, they're still doing it now with the new 3DS? I, I don't have one, so honestly, I can't tell you, but I do know that the original 3DS uh, came pre-packaged or pre-installed with this game called AR Games. Now, what it did, it showed off the capabilities of the 3DS AR camera. It let you interact with things in a virtual reality. You pointed the camera at a table or the floor, any flat surface, and it would uh, instantly generate these 3D models that you could play with. And at the time, it was very uh, very creative technology, showing off what this little, little clamshell console could do uh, with its camera and create this new experience. And um, of course, it was free because, let's be honest, uh, you're going to pay money for games like Mario or Zelda if you're buying a 3DS. But but anyway, in any case, it was free. And uh, it mainly existed to show off what the camera was capable of. Now, I can't think of a lot of games that come to mind when I think of the AR camera because a lot of developers didn't really mess around with it that much. This is different in that it it makes the most of what the Joy-Cons are capable of. And what I mean by that is that, um, so okay, here's what's in the box. It's the game itself, right? And you also have these cardboard uh, uh, pieces and they already have, uh, you know, they're already punched in, you, they have the outlines. So you, you, you take out the cardboard uh, cutouts and you can fold them. You can fold them into these many different uh, uh, peripherals and contraptions that can be uh, attached to your Joy-Cons, or you could insert the Joy-Cons into them. It, it's really, it's new. It's nothing that we've seen before, even from Nintendo. And you know, Nintendo loves their innovation. They love their uh, experimenting around and changing up the, the the game and the and and you know how how things are done. Um, this really caught me by surprise. You can watch the uh, the trailer 
um, online on Nintendo's YouTube channel, and uh, it shows uh, people making these these cardboard things. There's one of them is a piano. Uh, now, in that one, you insert the Joy-Cons into the piano, and you've already folded up the cardboard to make these keys that, that actually press. What's different about this one is that it uses the IR tape, or the infrared reflective tape, on the cardboard. And so the Joy-Cons, of course, they have their cameras on them. They can sense the movement of the tape, and the movement of the tape registers on the Joy-Con. And so... It's something that, you know, it makes sense when you think about it, but um, before, you, you didn't think they were going to make something like this. So, uh, basically what you do is you insert the Joy-Cons, and you press the keys. The keys move. The tape on the cardboard uh, tells the, the the camera on the Joy-Con that, okay, this one moved. You do this on the game now. And then it, it hits a key on the gamepad screen, or, the, I'm sorry, the, the Switch screen. We don't want to talk about the gamepad. But... Uh, no, no, it, it presses a key on the on the switch screen, you know, um, in the game. Um, so you insert the the actual switch itself on top of the keyboard. So you're basically it's a it's a makeshift piano. You you press the 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 cardboard keys and you can make music using this Nintendo Labo game. And I think the piano is definitely the um or the the, the most creative or the 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 one uh. Um, creation of the Nintendo Labo that really has the biggest impact, in my opinion. Because you're essentially just making an instrument out of cardboard and a Nintendo console, which I think is very cool. Uh, not only that, but they, they showed off a uh, fishing game. Uh, it's a cardboard uh, 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 fishing rod, where I believe uh, at the end of the string is one of the Joy-Cons, and you can, you can reel it in, you know, like an actual fishing pole. And um, not only that, but there is also a uh, car, I believe. It looked kind of like a bug to me, but I, I guess they're calling it a car. I, go figure. Cars have wheels, right? Um, anyway, it, you, you insert the Joy-Con into the, um, the, the car, and uh, it uses, uh, uses the HD rumble. So think of it this way. It's like a, uh, I, I say it's like a bug because that's what it looks like. It's, it's a cardboard cutout and it's got these little like prongs or um, spikes that are pointed downwards. So they're kind of like legs, right? And um, then there's the box on the top, the cardboard box. And uh, you insert the Joy-Con into the box and it uses the Joy-Con's HD rumble to move it. So it'll move one side of the, or move one side of the Joy-Con and that causes the prongs or the legs on one side of this, uh, I'm going to call it a spider even though it's a car, to move, to vibrate, and that causes it to turn and to move. And you can do it on the other side, and vice versa. And um, you control it using the gamepad. So it's it's like a remote control uh, uh, bug or a remote control car in that you, you pr use the, the touch controls on the game on the Switch, uh, Nintendo Switch screen, to move this uh, remote-controlled uh, peripheral. And I, I think that's a really creative thing. And my jaw dropped when I saw this because um, I think it's... It's a big step forward of what Nintendo can do with their consoles. Now uh, let's let's get into the uh, the the business side of this. So the Nintendo Labo is launching with two kits. There's the variety kit, which has the, uh, the before mentioned stuff uh, uh, like the piano and the and the car and the or I'm sorry, spider and the and the fishing game and uh, all and all sorts of other ones that I, I didn't even mention. And then the second one is a robot kit. This one is uh, it's its own thing because it's bigger, right? Um, it's a robot. It's a grand thing. You put on this, uh, well, you make this uh, robot suit out of cardboard. You put it on. I believe there's strings attached from your shoulder onto the Joy-Con. I want to say, um, 
I, I've done, I haven't done as much research on this one as I have with the variety kit, but, um, which I, I don't know how much that goes to show because I didn't even, obviously I don't, I only know three of the ones in the variety kit, but, uh, you know, a plus commentary, right? But the, the joy cons, you know, it uses the motion sensors and, and you can, uh, see what's happening on the TV or on the switch screen. And then there's actually a visor you can pull down. And once you pull down the visor, it automatically switches your viewpoint from third person to first person. So it's like that, that Star Wars Connect game. Of course, uh, probably a less uh, cruddy version of it where you can, there's probably better motion controls on it, obviously, since the Connect wasn't great to begin with. Um, but uh, we're not we're not talking about the Connect. We're talking about the Nintendo Labo. But um, yeah, it, it was kind of like that Rancor game on the Star Wars and Connect game. So those are two separate ones. Now, what's actually curious is that the variety kit um, actually costs less than the robot kit. So I, you might want to sit down for this one. These are the price points for this. Uh, the variety kit costs $69.99 US dollars. 70 bucks for a, a game that sounds like it should be free and that comes with cardboard. And the robot kit is $79.99. It's even more. That's $80. You're paying $80 for one game that you may or may not like that comes with cardboard. I find it curious that they decided to make the robot one more expensive. Maybe they added more um, things to the robot game. Maybe it's not a mindless destruction game. Who knows? <clears throat> I certainly don't. But there just seems like so much more you could do with the variety kit, and there's probably more cardboard in it too. Not only the, the, the price difference is what puzzles me, but also the fact that it has a price at all. You're playing with cardboard. You could order like a, a 50 pack of uh, bars of soap off Amazon. You could cut those out and use that instead. You don't have to pay $70 for the, I don't, I don't understand why it's so expensive. I understand the game comes with it, but like I said before, the AR games on the 3DS was free. This should also be free. It's like one, two switch. They charge you what? 50, 60 bucks for one, two switch. There's a bunch of party mini games. People don't want to pay $60 for something that it's just a way of showing off the capabilities of the console. Show me a game uh, on the caliber of Mario Odyssey or Zelda that uses these Labo um, peripherals or technology. Then that might be worth something around the, the, the price point you're putting this at. But no, a mini game collection with that comes with cardboard that's that's not worth 70 or 80 dollars now i'm not saying this is a bad thing i think it's a really creative step forward and that's saying a lot because nintendo's done a lot of uh creative stuff uh, for better or for worse in the past i think it really opens up a new uh realm to what developers can do with the switch particularly um, instead of like the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, which use traditional controllers, it all ties back to the composition of the Switch and what kind of a console the Switch is. It's not something you can just uh, grab a controller and play with. Of course, it can be with the Switch Pro controller, but it can also be so much more. Obviously, the Labo is intended for a younger audience. You know, money isn't really concerned for younger kids. It, they might, they're might probably just playing off, you know, uh, uh, parents caving in and buying it for kids who are just begging and begging for them to buy it. Um, that might be where the price point stems from. Personally, I can't say, while well, I think it's a, a creative concept, it's not something I would sink uh, $70. It might be something I'd play around with for maybe like 10 minutes if it was free. 
Um, it's not something I would pay money for. Not even I don't even think I would pay five dollars for this. It's just not something I would spend money on. I, I would, of course, be so happy to try it out because I've said many times in this podcast, it's it's creative. Um, but it's not. I wouldn't spend money on this. Even that I wouldn't play it for an extended period of time. It seems more like a novelty to me. But um, at the same time, I realize that it's not intended for me. This is intended for a younger audience that still plays with, you know, toys and kids that haven't really jumped into the whole, uh, you know, digital world yet. Maybe still they're still getting into it. But at the same time, I realize that Nintendo isn't going all out, you know, money, money, money. Um, they did mention that the leftover cardboard after you punch out the uh, the original peripherals, can be used to make replacements. All you gotta do is just trace the holes of it onto a uh, another piece of cardboard. <laughs> I mean, I, that's that's cool. You could probably even use the uh, the packaging too, if you wanted to. I mean, it, sky's the limit. It's cardboard, um, and because uh, you know they do realize it's fragile. Um, you know, kids are usually rough with things, and with kids being the intended audience of this, it's it's going to be broken. Um, I, I don't see a lot of uh, Labo uh, uh, you know, creations lasting the first week, um, especially with the uh, the intended audience. But it's a good thing that Nintendo, you know, let us know that, hey, you can just trace it. Uh, of course, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Obviously, people are going to do that anyway if Nintendo said it or didn't say it. But, um, I mean, at, at least they're, they're thinking about it, I guess. Uh, give them credit for that. Yeah. That would be the main concern about the Labo, it's just, it's just so fragile. Um, but that also um, brings to mind, uh, will Nintendo release the cutout things you know, online where you can print it out um, on cardboard or, or and trace it? Uh, will they release these things online for people who lost their instructions or lost the original cuts but still have the game? Um, I think that there's a good possibility they would. Because uh, you know, at the at the end of the day, it's still cardboard. You know, you're paying seventy bucks uh, for a game that come. You got to use cardboard to use it. You, you lost your cardboard. You lost your original cutout. You're going to be pretty pissed. I would I would imagine. Um, I think they should release the cutouts online. That those shouldn't be something that's exclusive to the uh, the variety kit, or the robot kit, or whatever kits come in the future. Um, but they also said they they encourage experimentation. You know, they want to see what else people can do with these things. And I think that that brings that, and that brings uh, my my last point, is that I, I've also mentioned this before, but I haven't mentioned this part of it. That other developers could be uh, encouraged to use this Labo technology. I would love to see some creative indie games because indie devs, oh, they think of all these cool concepts and new ideas. One, of, some of my favorite games are indie games like Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is one of uh, uh, my favorite games of all time, um, just because they knew what they're doing and they thought of new twists to old uh, old properties and old ways of gaming. But uh, indie devs can have so much fun with this because now they know it's there. The Nintendo, you know, brought this thing to light, and now uh, I, I can't imagine it would be that hard to uh, develop, or especially developers who are experienced with motion controls and uh, you know IR tape and HD rumble or whatever whatever else the Switch has. I don't know, a 3D printer, uh, instant money print. I don't even know what the Switch has. They're probably going to announce new stuff the Switch is always packaged with that we never knew about. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe you can grow your own oranges with it or something. I don't know. But um, either way, 
Um, I'd love to see what other developers, maybe even AAA developers, not just indie devs. Indie devs, I think they're the most risk-taking. That's why I mentioned them, because they're not afraid to try new things. Um, but AAA developers should also maybe get on. I don't want to say they should, because I I don't want to see games like, I don't know, Skyrim or 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 uh, even games like Zelda all like exclusively using this or making it it was it's like the thing in the Wii like every game had to have motion controls if it if it fit it or not or if it had that one motion control thing that just threw you off because the rest of the game was traditional but they had to put that one motion control factor in and it just threw off everything um, I'd hate for developers to do that where they're like oh oh this labo thing's a fad I better jump in on it and put the they shove this one uh, thing into their game that shouldn't really be there in the first place um, I don't know I. I'd like to see what a AAA developer could do, but at the same time, I kind of don't want them to do it. And just, just stick to the digital games and don't go into the toys to life thing again. Because you know that happened with Disney Infinity and uh, Lego Dimensions or whatever else did. I forgot the others. It's been so long since that was a a thing. It seems actually, but it was. I believe it was only last year. Hmm. Now, of course, the Amiibos. There's nothing wrong with the Amiibos. It's just extra stuff, but. I don't know. I, it's it could go either way. It could go, it picks up or it completely falls flat on its face, and uh, everyone forgets about it, um, like Disney Infinity or whatever the other one was, uh, Lego Dimensions or. But yeah, um, I like to see what smaller games can do with it because I think uh, it's more of a novelty. It's not something I would really sink my teeth into and really you know grind for hours with this piece of cardboard in my hands. I don't know. I think AAA developers should probably stick to this traditional gaming. But that doesn't mean I, I don't want to see what other developers can do with this technology in the future. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. And uh, so the Nintendo Labo is launching April 20th, 2018 in the US and Australia. And April 27th in Europe. So i got to wait one more week of those of you in Europe. Um, and again, the variety kit, which includes uh, all the smaller stuff like the piano and the fishing pole. That costs $69.99. So 70 US dollars and the robot kit is launching uh, for 79.99 so 80 US dollars. So you know if you're excited you can go ahead and pre-order and if you're just apprehensive uh, I'm right there with you. I want to see how this turns out. I won't be I won't be getting it myself. I don't even have a switch yet. Uh I definitely want to get a switch, but um I don't think a Labo give especially given that price point is something I would pick up anytime soon. But I'm still curious to see how it's going to turn out. So that concludes this week's Cube Command podcast. Also, check out my previous episode where I interviewed Todd Cochran. We discussed the uh, the past, present, and future of the industry of podcasting, something uh, completely different than what I'm used to doing on this show. He was nice enough to agree to do the interview with me, and I really like how it turned out. Go ahead and give it a listen. Tell me what you think of it. And also, a big thanks to Todd Cochran for helping me out with that. Also, check out Cube Command Podcast Episode 9, where I interviewed Jonathan Holmes, who is the developer of Circuit Dude, which is a puzzle game on Steam. That was also a very enjoyable interview to do. So go ahead and check out those two episodes. Also, check out the Cube Command YouTube channel. Currently, we're going through Injustice 2 Story Mode and uh, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection. Currently, we're on uh, Drake's Fortune. And uh, right now, Episode 3 is out at the time of this one. Uh, episode 4 should be out soon, and we also got a bunch of one-off games on the way. So, you know, don't forget to check out that. And as well, 
uh, check out my YouTube, my personal YouTube channel, uh, Tom Antio. I do game reviews and uh, unboxing and skits and all that fun stuff. So go ahead and uh, give those a watch. I'll give those other two episodes a listen. Uh, my name is Tommy Savoya. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you later. Thank you.